just a quick announcement, folks. If you've been listening to Barbarian in the Valley, we are so grateful, and we hope that you are getting both our incoherency and our coherency. But moving forward, we are now breaking the two hours up every week into two separate podcasts. The first hour will remain Barbarian in the Valley. It will remain Odd Radio Theater. And the second hour will now be called The Free Associates. And that's our discussion-based talk show, essentially. So we hope you'll subscribe to both, but we felt that they were different enough that they should be in different feeds. So we're going to start that transition in the next couple weeks. So in about two or three weeks, the Free Associate episodes will no longer be in the Barbarian in the Valley feed, but there will be a separate podcast available everywhere called the Free Associates. We hope you continue to enjoy it, and thank you so much for your ears. Hello and welcome to the second hour of Barbarian in the Valley, newly christened, officially, for the first time, with a new name for the second hour, sealed off, certified by Robin and Waylon, now called, if you didn't listen next week, just wait for it, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's now called The Free Associates. Oh, we love that name. So much competition. Could have been called The Radiator. Could have been called Habeas Campus, if Waylon had had his way. (laughs) But it's called The Free Associates. Because we are freely associating, and we are also free to associate with anybody or any idea or anything we want to on this radio show. Isn't that awesome? We are broadcasting from the neo-brutalist Soviet structure at the center of the UMass campus, and we are about to enter the crystal ship. Yes, we are locking and engaging, and now the crystal ship is emerging from underneath the campus center, and we are gaining altitude. We are over the valley. So if you're outside or you're inside, go to the window. You'll see us. The crystal ship is hovering. We say hi to Northampton, to Leverett, to Amherst, to Holyoke, to Springfield, if you can see us. Now, I have to say, I'm a little surprised and maybe just a little bit hurt. This is the first time I've been on campus for my show when campus is in session. And I had all kinds of visions about this. But when I biked up, I was met with a very slumbering campus, with a campus that basically was asleep, except for three or four people. There's like 60 or 70,000 people on this campus right now, and no one is out. And so I had, uh, okay, perhaps unrealistic expectations. You know, there was no one to ask for my autograph as I entered the campus center. There was no pictures taken with me or anything like that. My assumption was that this show had gained so much steam over the summer that people had actually dropped their first or second choice college choices and had decided to come to UMass. That some of you out there had said, you know what, Yale can wait. Yale can wait. I want to go to UMass because that's where the BIQ is, the barbarian in question. And I just want to be near that genius. But you know what? Everyone's asleep. And I guess I understand that. But let me tell you, if you have your radio on in your dorm room, I'm going to tell you where all that carousing leads. Okay, all your carousing on Friday night leads to one really wonderful, wonderfully difficult thing. And that's kids. And I got two of them. So I've been up since 5.30 in the morning, okay? So, you know, just keep that in mind. You have your fun, all right? But you will find out eventually that the hardest, best thing ever is having kids and then you'll be up at 5.30 in the morning. So I hope you're waking up now. I hope that wakes you up. I hope that sobers you up. Now, 
This week, we have what could really be a corker of a show or a can of worms. You know, it really has the potential to be a can of worms or a corker. I like that word, a corker. That's like 1930s or 40s for, I guess, like really something. We're going to be talking about free will. Is there free will? And I just want to direct you, if you're interested, if you haven't gone there already, if you go to barbarianinthevalley.com, you will see that we have a reading up there. And then that's typical for us, that we'll post a reading three or four days in advance, and you can read up, and then you can call in, okay? And we'll give you that number when we come back and see if you actually have the will or the free will to call in or to not call in, right? Because that is what this show is about. So, should be exciting, barbarianinthevalley.com. You're listening to the second hour of Barbarian in the Valley, known as the Free Associates. Listen to some Diodato, and we'll be back in a minute. And we are coming back. You listen to WMUA Amherst. We are the free associates here on the larger show, barbarianinthevalley.com. We are podcasted, okay? We have two podcast feeds, one for the first hour, one for the second hour. And you can touch base with us at barbarianinthevalley.com. Now, <clears throat> Waylon knows this. I think he knows this. How you doing, Waylon? I'm good. Okay, so he doesn't know this. This is strange that he doesn't know this, but generally speaking, I won't put on his mic. I won't put on his mic until I'm ready to put on his mic. Now, since the episode is about free will, since that's the issue. Okay, we have a phone call already. That's interesting. Well, it could be controversial. Why don't you pick that up? Since the episode is about free will, I was actually going to have Waylon come over and put on his mic. And we still may. We still may. Um, now, we're going to talk a little bit about the article in a second. Um, I have to say that free will is such a strange animal that if you believe that the science of free will is determined, then you, everything becomes kind of a kaleidoscopic. We actually got a call, and I tell you, yeah, tell him to call back, or her to call back. We'd love a call. Now, Waylon, I'm going to invite you to come over and put your own mic on. I'm not going to do it. Okay, he's getting up, folks. Now, this is really interesting because a, a person, and watch the cord over here, a person so willful as Waylon is basically doing what I just told him to do. Are you sure you want to do that, Waylon? So I'm not going to touch any buttons. I'm coming over to your microphone. Uh-huh. He's See, on my mic. I'm an authority. You're going to like, crowd out my I'm mic? I'm non-authoritative. So I'm over your mic. Yes. Talking in your ear. Okay. I'm not going to push, push that button. You told me to push that button. I'm going to do the so exact So don't, don't push doing. that button. Don't push that button. Mike, too. Do not push that button. So now he said, don't push that button, so I'm going to push that button. <laughs> well, folks, you see how easy it is to control someone who's willful? 
I mean, you do see that. Waylon, get, get your headphones on and talk to me for a second. What just happened? First of all, I got to say, you look terrible. You can't ter- control me. You look terrible. You can't control me. You look terrible this you morning. You can't control me. You look terrible. Okay? Like, he barely made it in. He was late and all that. He's got schmutz on his... I'm in rough shape. I'm You're in, rough in bad shape. shape. You really are. Now, Waylon, you don't need your headphones on, okay? You can hear me. There's no other things, okay? So, Waylon... I just controlled you by basically telling you what not to do. How is it that you, that's an example of exertion of will? I'd rather do the exact opposite of what you're doing. It's almost like, a, what's that thing with the three doors? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Three doors down the band? No, but uh, Superman is a great song. Back no, in the day, and now band. it's just totally destroyed. But yep. I'd rather, oh, Monty's Theorem. You ever, you ever, you ever hear Monty's theorem? No, but I'm into that as part of the discussion today. choose the other door. Okay. So there's three doors. There's a prize behind one. Monty opens up one of the doors and it's a goat. Who's Monty? Is that just like a game show host? Okay. It's a goat. Yep. Now you have to choose do you stay with your door or do you go with the other door? Why would you want a goat? No, no, no. The okay. goat is just like, well, first off, I would love to get a goat as a prize. Mm. But it's like, you know, like a boat. It's hard to imagine that's the best prize, though. Okay, so sorry. Keep going. So it says that you should change the door. Like, it's actually like scientifically, mathematically, it's a it's mathematical concept. Okay. You change, like, if you pick, he opens the door on a goat, you have a higher probability oh, of having it right if you change the door. Is that an actual thing? Yeah. Huh. I rather do the opposite of what you're doing. Yep. Because that is the other door. But I'm just controlling you by telling you to not put on your own mic. And you know that I had asked you to come over and put on your own mic. But the circumstances that you're saying is I could either follow what you're doing and it be good, or I could do the opposite you of what you're doing. You just care how it looks. You're just worried oh, yeah, about objects. Sure. Okay. All right. Then we can move on. Now, today we have an article that you had some issues with, but we don't have to bash this person. This was a very big article when it came out. And I don't think you should be too unkind. I agree that the writing of it was a little, uh, it was hard to kind of just like be like, okay, wait, what are you saying? So there was that issue. And it got a ton of feedback because of course these issues of free will are major, right? We all would, I think most of us would like to think we have a lot of, can exert a lot of free will. And this reporter was, this journalist was like, well, I was just reporting. That's not necessarily what I believe or anything, but I was just reporting this. And so, but this is what... determinism. That's exactly what it was talking about. I guess so. just reporting it. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we we have to be careful with this because this conversation has kind of loops inside of loops a little bit. For sure. Because if you actually believe in biological determinism, so for example, I was biked over like I always bike over. Well, I was just way more conscious of like this kind of idea of biological determinism. You know, am I going to wave to the other bikers? Am I going to smile? Are they going to smile at me? Is this really in my control? It becomes like a little bit existential at a certain point. And I do want to just remind me, and I don't know if I told you about this week, Rocky, my three and a half year old. Did I tell you about this? No. All right, we'll get to it. But I had the strangest conversation with my three and a half year old last weekend that really relates to this. But let's just summarize the article briefly. Uh, The article is asserting, you know, reporting that science has determined that 0.15 milliseconds before we make a decision the brain has already made it for us. 
it's, it's, like, it's like disturbing even to say a little bit because as I'm saying that, I'm like conscious of my brain. I never liked biology in high school because I always was like, wait, that's what's happening in my body right now? I always felt like a, my body was going to seize up on me. But is that uh, accurate, do you think? Is that basically what this, all these scientific research is saying? Well, that's what it says in the article. I don't subscribe to everything that it says in the article. No, no, I understand that. No, yeah. no, I get that. That's a good, I get that's that, a good summary. Yeah, it's just a summary. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it had a weird ride over. Now, let me say this, just because before we move on. If you have, if you believe in free will, you will call us at some point in the show. Now, who was that who called in? Uh, Laura. Okay, Laura, so, we welcome and you. first off, she said that she was loving it because... But that was the first hour. So mm-hmm. hopefully, Laura, you love the second hour more. Right. The that's, first that's hour is strange radio theater. For. Right. But she did call in the second hour, and she said she loved it. So okay. right when we started, even though nothing happened yet, I'm taking that as the second hour right there. So you don't get any credit for the. Uh, I don't need any credit. You know, my belief about the first hour, and I was talking to Robin about this, is that the first hour eventually will have an audience. Because there's not much of that like out there. It's just not. If anyone is interested in what I'm basing it on, there's a really kind of obscure but um, culty radio guy named Joe Frank. If you go look that up, he's great. I mean, he's tremendous. And he's dead now, but he was on WMYC and out in Los Angeles on public radio. And I remember the first time I heard him was at like 2 in the morning in New York. And I was on the radio, and I just thought, what's going on? And, And ever since then, I've really been... An adherent to him. But so you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, like, what you're saying is that it's going to cultivate an audience. You're going to be 97 years old and then like, that would be die. Fine. And then, oh, that would be fine. You know, like, then everybody's go, oh, he was, he had some good thoughts. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I just, happen. I actually like, just. Your success is not know. going to be something that comes to fruition oh. in, in, in the immediate nature. It's going to be like you die and everybody goes, oh, we should have listened to well, that. Well, that's kind of perfect for me because my dreams of being famous as a younger person uh, terrify me now. I have no interest in it. I feel very successful. I have a healthy family and I teach and it's great. So, but that's kind of actually perfect, but I would like to leave some stuff on the ground so if you have free will you'll call us and Laura we definitely encourage you to call us and if you want to chime in on this conversation really anybody it's our phone number here is 413-545-3691 that's 413-545-3691 413-545-3691 is the number and if you don't have free will then I am commanding you to call us that was okay. good that was the three times in a row I did it the well teacher, because there was some cadence that's, that's, that's the teacher in us like, yeah well and also Robin keeps telling me you gotta do it three times yeah that's good so here's the big question to Waylon if this is about free will and if you've ever listened to us before the big thing with Waylon is that he has as part of his identity a free orange will. van yes. named Vanessa which has in fact a license plate I mean that says be free now, now you're just now you're just egging them on. You're, the campus police is they're coming from you. Well, I've always wanted you to get a ticket on campus. For sure. I mean, that's been the goal of the show from the beginning. We actually do have a call. Waylon, field that call for us, and we might be able to put you on. So Waylon has an orange van called Be Free, and it's been an issue for a while. Hey, you want to go on? Yeah, let's go. We'll bring someone on. Let's strike while the iron's hot. Sweet. Yeah, All right. You're, you're coming on. All right, we're gonna. We do have Laura on the on the phone. Yeah, I'm not totally sure how it works. Too, we t- don't hang up. It certainly won't work there. Laura, are you there? I'm here. Oh, great. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. So here's the question: When Waylon believes 
that the it is the second hour which he's part of that you that you enjoy about the show. I, I, I don't have a horse in this race, but I'm just curious. When you said to Waylon, I enjoy the show, were you talking about the odd radio theater of the first hour or the... Um, I was talking specifically about you talking about your expectations about uh, coming out to campus. Okay, good. Okay, good. So that is in the I second... I that was really funny. There we go. That is in the second hour. There we hour. go. Okay, so um, that's the second hour. That's me, too. I'll take ownership of that. Yes. You won't take ownership of the monologue. Now, the first hour is crap. That's what she basically said. Okay, let's watch our language here. No, no, I just here. didn't hear it. I don't yes. know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'll try to it's, listen it's next good. week. Well, people are waking up. You know, it's totally fine. Now, Laura... You decided to call in, and that's an uncommon decision. Do you feel that that was a conscious decision of yours, or do you think that there were chemicals in your brain that coalesced that brought you to the phone? Do you have any sense of that? Um, yeah, it, I know. I think it feels one way, and the truth is probably the other. Okay. Uh, it probably feels like I decided to do it, but it probably was kind of like an inevitability huh. based on like what I heard yep. and who I am and how I reacted to that and like that my phone is right there and I know the number. Um, okay. So all those things came together. How do you feel? So you don't like feeling that way about it. Why don't you like feeling that way about it? Well, it's uh, it has like a cascading mm-hmm. series of consequences yes. <laughs> to think about. Like, not really having control of your decisions. But there's a reason I think that. And that's that I heard a a story, a podcast, about people who have, like, short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. And how they get hospitalized and they have, like, a loved one there. And they their memory resets, say, like, every five minutes. And they'll get locked into having the same exact conversation over and over. Like, they lose their memory and then they say the exact same things huh. over and over again. Huh. When they are confronted with, like, the same setting. Right, and so that that's a really interesting, and so yeah. this is just like we're basically slot machines, basically being, you know, like <laughs> well, really complicated ones. But yeah, it does kind of suggest that. But you know, who knows? I'm not confident in that either. But sure. I thought it was. But it does, I definitely think about it a lot. You does know? It, it demoralize you though? I mean, I'm, that's what I got uh, from what you were originally saying that you want it to be one way, but you actually feel that it's another way. Well, I just think it's. Um, I don't know. I, no, it doesn't demoralize me. It's just a very, it's like a, it's a heavy thought to think that everything's just happening without really the control that we feel like we have over everything. Yeah. And there's, there's all kinds of determinism. There's some that's just like 70% is determined, right? And it has to do with social. Mm. Then there's like, but what you're talking about. That's like a hundred percent kind of stuff. That's like no. I, I mean, I think that that particular example is compelling, but it also is also like it's a short-term, small, isolated thing. So when you throw in all of the complication of the world, I could say maybe yeah, there are still random things or ways okay. that people can push things in a certain direction. Right. So Waylon, I, I think so. I'm, I'm just going to read a little part. I'm going to read. I'll read it. Okay. It's part of the article that we read for this week. Okay. And it kind of says what we're talking about right now. Uh, So this is how it starts. Determinism not only undermines blame, it also undermines praise. Imagine I do risk my life by jumping into enemy territory to perform a daring mission. Afterwards, people will say I had no choice. Yeah. That my feats were merely an unfolding of the given and therefore hardly praiseworthy. And just as undermining blame would remove an obstacle to act wickedly, so do undermining praise would remove an incentive to do good. Our heroes would seem... So, just no. to cut it off right there. Yeah. If, if you go, well, I had no choice, 
oh, well, this is going to happen. And every single person starts to go, oh, well, I had no choice. Then there's no culpability in society. Mm. That's my problem with, with this idea of, oh, we don't have free will. If it, the, the minute that you, if we have free will or not, the minute that you don't think that you have free will, then you can either justify the, the means yep. or you can release yourself from the, the responsibility of what you just did. Which cuts both ways. And, you know, in terms and, of and bad it's not things. even it's not even if we have it or not. It's the perception if if we have mm-hmm. it or not. That's mm-hmm. my problem with all. What do you think, Laura? Um, well, I totally agree with what you're saying about like, yeah, you can't. We can't operate in a society where we say we have no will whatsoever, and that we're not re- like. I guess if you if you take that to then mean you can't punish people or praise people because of the yeah. things they do, then yeah, that's a problem. But. It is also helpful as a thought exercise to think about the ways that, like, maybe we're judging people yeah. as being responsible for certain things that for are sure. actually out of their control, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we teach. Um, we t- and we, have we, more empathy around things. Oh, like yeah, totally. Criminalizing we both, drug use or something sure. like that. Sure. Or just, like, we teach high school, so we deal with, like, for- forming brains. And so, you know, there's... I give a lot of room for maturation. And let me, Waylon, just push back yeah. for a second on what you're saying. One way to see it is, though... Okay, and this is a little strange. I've thought about this before. If you're the person who went and, like, saved other people, then you're just a better robot than other people. And so you should be praised, and you should be rewarded, and you should have, you know, we should make more of you. Whereas if you're the psycho killer that goes and runs around, that's not a good robot, and we really want to inhibit you. And so this could go into a really weird direction of, like, I, I don't know. I well, my problem the, with that is you know? the, if, if that is you're not making any robots. That They're already... Well, but you robots. can incentivize good robots, humans, opposed to bad robot humans. I mean, that's why I'm saying it's a kind of sinister thought, right? Do you see where I'm going with that? Like, yeah, it has I mean, a really weird... Go look at the bad robots that came out of World War II. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, so that's, that's where free will comes into play right there. The yeah. Germanism is like, uh, did all those people not have the choice? You know, it goes back to Milgram's experiment. It's like, right, right. Do who has a choice? That's where... That's why I think, like, pure free will. I'm not a fate is like fatism guy. I'm not a like, oh, I had to do this because that's my destiny. It just does. That's a cop out to me. That's a cop out. Mm. Yeah. Well, Laura, thanks so much for coming. Would you stay on the line for a minute? And okay. can Waylon get your in contact info, perhaps? Oh, yeah, because we're sure. always looking for more guests, and I I do think if it's something you're interested in, we mm, would love to actually you. have you come in the studio. Sure. Great. Well, Waylon's going to get that, and I'm going to talk about a couple other things. Um, so I just want to th- – we're going to come back to Waylon and talk about where he parked his willful orange van. Yeah. If you live in the valley, you've seen Waylon's van, okay? It's very hard to miss. It's bright orange, and it's got all the cliches on it. Um, what's up, Waylon? Okay, hold on. It's got all the cliches on it. And it's got all these stickers, and it means that he's hip, and he's cool. And he's, with Waylon, we've determined, I've determined, he doesn't know this, but he's actually reached peak cool. Okay, he has enough money now and free time. He's hit the total zenith of his cool life. Like, he's worked up to it to this point. He's 32 or something, and then it's all going to start slowly evaporating. I know this from personal experience. And a lot of our students probably would look at Waylon and say, Waylon's cooler than Cody. 
but I'm also 15 years older than Waylon, and I argue that actually 15 years ago I was cooler than Waylon. <laughs> I don't really want to get too much into that. That seems unkind. But um, we're gonna we're gonna get Waylon back on the mic here. Now, Waylon, here's the question: You're a willful Orange fan. You refuse to pay for parking here, and you've got a van that says "Be Free." Where did you park today? And what was going through your mind? So uh, when you park, yeah. So first off, you you had to interject the tens of thousands of people are on here and like all this stuff. So today I parked in. I'm I'm testing my experiment that I started in the summer. I'm parked in my same semi legal spot, but now there's a whole bunch of people. The stakes are higher. Last week, when I well a couple weeks ago, when I came in, I parked in the garage. I will never do that again. Yeah. I just I was, was so that shameful. was so defeated. That was I now awesome. Have a Wait, can I just my, say? Can I just say? I know, and and can I just say? And we, we after the break, we're going to come back to this question of free will. But that was one of the my favorite evenings of the year because I caught you trying to go one way down, and you basically threw in the towel and joined me in the garage, and you paid for parking. But what was even better <laughs> is that at the end of the night, you went to leave and you went out through the entrance and couldn't and it was really just it was wonderful anyway let's cut to the chase where are you parked right now um, I'm parked in my in my secret spot your loading zone in my <laughs> secret spot <laughs> so campus security orange van license plate be free in a loading zone okay secret spot it's always been it's always been the goal I'm moving of the show. beakers into one of the buildings okay and I have been for the past 15 minutes. Well, I want to say that it was great to have Laura on the line. And we're, we are, you know, we actively are looking for people to come in and join our conversations. I have like a bullpen of people. And that's like, I, you know, the structure of the show is, is like a bullpen. That's why we call it the Free Associates. And The bullpen our, would be a good name, too. Uh, it's not a bad name, but it's a little bit too sports-centric. Yeah, that's too. So hopefully that will become a reality. Um, okay, let me tell you a story about my son, and then we'll come back. Okay. This was really strange. Last weekend, we were at a wedding in Vermont, and this really cool place uh, was a campground, like, but with cabins. It was excellent. And after the night, but really not that late, but Rock had been running around like crazy. Now, if anyone knows, my son is pretty cute. You know, he's, Very cute kid. Uh, he's pretty cute. And so I get him home, and he's on this little bed, and I'm on this little bed right across from him. Yeah, I'm getting his pajamas on. And he kind of looks at me, and he kind of looks at me kind of like in a way I've never seen him look at me. Like he's going to try out something on me. It's very strange. It's very different from any other experience I've had with him. You know, he's a big talker and all that, but he, he was like curious about what I would think about what he yeah, was saying. Yeah, it's like a stream of conscious thing going on, but mm-hmm. now he's like, like He really sentient. is trying. Yes, that's right. He was really trying out something on me, okay. like he'd been waiting to. And he says to me, he says, do you hear the voice inside my body? And I'm like, okay. And I say, you know, immediately this kind of like wave of energy passes through me. You know, I wouldn't quite call it anxiety, but I'm like, okay, hold on. This is, this is an important moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I say, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I said to him, do you hear it? And he says, no, I can't hear it because it's inside my body. And then he says to me, do you have one? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know, because I don't want him to feel strange about it. Yeah. And then I say, well, how did it get in your body? And this is actually the part that scares me the most. He said, a man 
when I was two with a flat face and a flat body came into the nursery and got inside me. That's what he said? Yeah. And I'm like, where I went with that was like, that sounds like an alien. You know, flat face and flat body. Like, I'm just, you know, it really was like, it spooked me. It spooked me. And just as a side note, the other night, two nights ago, I couldn't go back to sleep because he crawled into our bed and... I was like, okay, Rock, we got to get you back in your bed. And when I went back into his room, his light was on. And it, there's no way he can turn it on. It's like at the ceiling. And I'm like, Flat what? Man. what Flat is, man's coming. What is going on here? So it was, I have to say, a little spooky. Now, we're going to take a break because that is mandated by law and our contract. You know, we're rolling with so much money here. I have to say, I'm so grateful for this time slot. Um, you it's know, a pretty I'm, good time slot. Oh, it's a great time slot. I love UMass Radio. I love listening to it. And this, and the actual production studio is just such a privilege. And so I want to just give a shout out to Taylor Cassidy for allowing me to do that. I am an old man. NHS I am alum. almost 50. Yeah, an NHS alum. I'm a 50-year-old man. And to be able to do this, to kind of um, come over to UMass, is just it's such a, it's really such a pleasure. So that being said, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do a couple of promos and we'll be back in a minute. 